Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Good morning, Sarah. Hello, Rebecca. How are you doing? Doing really well. Uh, Trying to get things done around the museum, you know, regular stuff. It's all the normal things. I squished an ant in the bathroom last week when I was there. (gasps) No. Get the scouts. Exactly. (laughs) So other than that sort of fun thing, I listened to this podcast and I know I'm not supposed to have favorites amongst the children, but this one really is rising to the top of my uber favorites, like the one I'm going to hold up to the world and be like, look, we're doing the cool things. It is so special. And it all revolves around just the fact that a man named Mark Jocelyn walked in the door one day and said, hey, I have this donation. Uh, Would you guys like it? And there began. He walks in the door and the donation itself is uh, digital files on a USB drive. He was going through items after his parents had passed away, and his father was a member of the Big Stoop Orchestra and had pressed records from the orchestra playing. There's a song on each side. He had a total of four of them and took them out on his own to get them digitized someplace. And so when he walked in the door, they had already been digitized, and he was handing me a thumb drive and the story that the Big Stoop Orchestra played and was recorded on January 28th, 1948. I love that it has survived, that the music has survived. I know you were talking about that a little bit earlier. Sound and moving video is very elusive, especially before a certain date where technology becomes more accessible. And these are so special because one, they exist. And two, we know the exact date that they were recorded. And we also have all of the newspaper articles. We were lucky enough to also invite for our podcast today, the son of the man that started Big Stoop Orchestra. So this whole web coming together for this episode. I'm super excited. Can we do a drum roll? You know, it's a (laughs) band after all. Okay. Insert drum roll here. I will do it. Are you with Sam, not you. That's better. Let's dive in and we'll come back at the end and talk about other stuff. Enjoy everyone. From the Anoka Union. A March of Dimes benefit concert contrasts in music will be presented at the Anoka High School Auditorium on Wednesday, January 28th at 8.15 p.m. The concert will be the first all-popular music concert ever to be presented in Anoka. Big Stoop Chamberlain and his orchestra will furnish the music for the program. All proceeds from the concert will go to the annual March of Dimes campaign. Admission prices are 75 cents for adults and 40 cents for children. Take it away, Big Stoop.
Over 600 people attended the concert that night to listen to the Big Stoop Orchestra, who didn't get paid for the event. All proceeds went to the March of Dimes, which was founded in 1938 to combat polio, and ended up funding Jonas Selk's polio vaccine. Welcome, Ron Chamberlain. We have brought you here today to talk about the Big Stoop Orchestra. Yeah. What are the origins okay, of the so, Big Okay, uh, so Big Stoop, the name, uh, my dad, it is my dad's name, and uh, he loved that name, so he kept it his whole life, but he was, he is Wilburn Lamar Chamberlain. So where did the Big Stoop come from as a nickname? He was uh, in the servant, and well, he was about 6'6", six, six and uh, about 165 or 70 pounds, so he's a rail, and um but he's very, very tall. And so the, the guys called him Big Stoop because there was a character in Terry and the Pirates, a Korean man who was about 6'5 or 6'6. Anyway, so he got the name stuck and he liked it and he kept it. Where does the orchestra come in? Well, when he was uh, growing up, he always played banjo, guitar. His brother Winslow, two years younger than him, played harmonica and cornet. And they both uh, played for money. They both went and played at the, the White Rock Inn and a couple other places around town uh, for money. They played weddings. They played, they played for fun. They played parties. They did all kinds of stuff for money. I mean, playing music. And um, so he was used to being a professional musician from the time he was about 12. When he was in the service, he wrote arrangements for the jazz bands in the, in the service. He was in the Air Force to begin with uh, in officer training school and flew over the mountains in California and popped one of his eardrums and, and mustered out of air flying. So he was, uh, he was grounded. But he always played music, and so they took advantage of his skills. And, and then uh, when he got out, the first thing he did in 1946, as soon as he got out, he, he formed a band. What sort of music and arrangements did they have? A like a go-to song that they always played? Uh, well, they played a variety of music. So if you wanted to dance a waltz or old-time music, they did. They did that. They, but they also played uh, jitterbugs and all kinds of fast music that people danced to. Uh, jitterbugs, you know, the, the, the modern the dances of the time. The program is where or when at this point, but we're going to give you a little extra bonus. Oh, Jimmy Stevens back here to sing I Reverie. Only a poor fool 
band life was like for them in 1946 just getting started it was uh, the hopping place out here at crooked lake that's where the people came from the twin cities to listen to good jazz dance music right here in, at crooked lake that's so surprising what was at crooked lake his band his band and singers and uh great music the band that he played with in 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 the 46 to 50 got the attention of all the dancers in the Twin Cities. And frankly, they shut it down when, unfortunately, when black people started coming out because the dancing was so good. And as soon as black people came out, the, one night the, the, the ballroom, there isn't a ballroom, but a bar where they played at Crooked Lake burned down. And that was the end of that. Where were they playing in Crooked Lake, that barroom? Uh, yeah, Oak Ridge. The Oak Ridge Resort was located on the northern part of Crooked Lake, on the bit of the lake that is in current day Andover, and about a quarter mile north of another long-gone lake staple, Ted's Barbershop. We know a little about the day-to-day workings of the resort itself. There was a space where people could go to dance and listen to music like the Big Stoop Orchestra, or have their wedding receptions. There were also small cabins that families could rent to spend more time next to the water in the middle of the summer. The Big Stoop Orchestra started branching out to play larger, more popular halls in Minneapolis and St. Paul in the 1950s, leaving the Oak Ridge Resort and Anoka behind. And on February 15, 1958, tragedy struck the hall. The Anoka Union reported the next week. Oak Ridge Resort's popular dance spot at Crooked Lake burned to the ground early Saturday evening, Loss was estimated at about $30,000. A wedding dance had been scheduled for 9 p.m., about two and one-half hours after the fire was discovered. First to see the huge pavilion was on fire was Clarence Sandoz, Anoka. Sandoz, on the way to visit Robert Grant, who lived near Oak Ridge, noticed a glow inside the building. Grant called the fire department, and equipment was soon on its way. Before it arrived, however, the flames had reached such a proportion that the building could not be saved. Firefighting efforts were concentrated on controlling the flames and saving nearby buildings. About an hour before the fire, two of the resort's owners, Purdy Casham and Joe Kovar, had been in the place cleaning tables in preparation for the 9 p.m. wedding dance. 
Neither man noticed anything wrong upon leaving. Cashman was just putting on his coat, getting ready to open Oak Ridge up for the evening, when he was informed of the fire. Also lost were all the instruments of the band scheduled to play at the wedding dance. Unfortunately, the only photo we have showing Oak Ridge Resort is a portion of the soot-damaged sign taken just after the fire. What we do have is an echo of what it might have sounded like at the resort when Big Stoop played. After his father passed away, Mark Jocelyn found four small records. One song per side. The music had been recorded just a few miles away at Anoka High School. When I first started playing with the band, I played third trumpet. And uh, Don Schwartz was the baritone saxophone player who, play, who sat right in front of me. And my dad wrote, most of my music was a doubling of the baritone sax part on trumpet. <laughs> and so I'd be playing his part, and he'd get mad because I wasn't playing it right. <laughs> he knew he was a good musician, and I was a, down, a terrible one when I first started. I mean, as an eighth grader, I didn't know how to play jazz. One of the really special things about these recordings is that we know so much about the night they were recorded. The newspaper advertised before the night. It also published a summary and critique of the night after. And we have a photo. Tell me a little bit about who is captured in the photo and who is playing that night. 
the piano player is not who it says in the paper. It's not Bob Benalkin. Oh, newspapers. Getting it wrong. Well, it's, inc it's incorrect because I know what Bob Benalkin looks like and I have other pictures of him and this is not Bob, ben Bob Benalkin. So mm -hmm. he wasn't playing piano that night. My dad is playing bass, of course. Did he he's, he's still 6'5 in this picture. He uh, is he's very tall. Very tall. And Tom Ward is playing drums. And Tom, you know from his uh, work with the Historical Society. Yes, he did amazing things with us and was on our board for many years. Yes, and Tom knew everyone. And he would have known everybody in this picture. In fact, he talked talk to me about this picture uh, before he died. We took him out to the Mad Hatter, and, and I'm glad we did it because it was probably six months before he passed away. Um, Winslow, my, dad, my, my dad's brother, is the, the trumpet player with the kind of a light uh, outfit on here. And that's exactly what he looked like when he played. That's exactly what he always looked like when he played. Kind of tilted his head to the side. Uh, in the first row, I do know the people, though. Uh, except the guy on the far left end. Uh, I think that's Roger Erickson is on the far end over here, this side. And then uh, Warren Jocelyn is the next one, Mark's, Mark's uh, father. And then uh, is uh, Gene Bravis. That's John Bravis. John Bravis went to school with Wilburn at uh, Dunwoody. What did they study? Electronics. John Bravis was one of the three people that started Medtronic in a garage. He built the product, the pacemakers. The guy that helped start Medtronic was a member of the Big Stoop Orchestra? Yeah. This was John Bravis right here. And he was an electronics technician, and the first job that he got was with the founder of Medtronics, who had a design for a, a pacemaker, and John built it. And he built them for years, and he was the technical headquarter, the head, head man for Medtronics for years and years and years. But he worked, he learned electronics with my dad at Dunwoody. Uh, who else is it? Oh, and the fellow behind the microphone is, the name on here is right. It's Dick Chamberlain. It's Richard Chamberlain. It's my, uh, it's Winslow and, and Stoop's brother. Ah. He was born in 1930, so he's uh, almost, almost another younger generation than them. Um, but he was a good player. He played uh, alto. It's really special that something your father built in 1946 exists today. The Big Stoop Orchestra still plays music and has their own website. The Today Band uh, just rehearses every third Thursday of the, of, the, of the month. And we play a Riverfest every year. We have for about 30 years. Uh, now Riverfest, the last two years, didn't invite us back because there wasn't one the first year. And then the second year, they, they didn't have enough money to, to buy us. So that's a gig we played every year. And it, it, the band has gotten better every year at, at Riverfest. Um, other than that, we play a few. We played a, a few weddings. We play some company parties once in a while, that sort of thing. But the band is really terrific. What other stories did you maybe want to make sure to tell me? The secret information. Well, okay, I got a story. He and I are sitting down in June, and we know his time is about up. He's shrunk down to. 180 pounds. He, he, he had been as big as 270. Uh, the cancer is killing him, and we know it. And everybody in the family knows it. And um, so we're sitting down, and I, and I said, so 
I think we're going to have uh, a big band a commemorative dance for you. And he said, when? And I said, well, when do you think we should? And he said, well, before I leave would be good. <laughs> and I said, okay, let's do that. And so Winslow donated the Holiday Inn and we invited all of his bridge playing friends and all of his friends from Honeywell and all of his friends from the music world. And 250 people showed up for his wake. And he played it. That's at the Holiday Inn, a month before he died. That's so special. Well, what was even more special is he wrote twenty-eight arrangements from June to the July gig. Twenty-eight arrangements. I can't write an arrangement in a month. He wrote twenty-eight of them for this for this deal, and he's on his deathbed. It was incredible. The music that he wrote, those 28 arrangements, mm -hmm. are the core arrangements of my current band. That's amazing and such a gift yeah. that he could be like, no, 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 uh, you're not waiting until I'm gone. Uh, we're doing <laughs> no, this now. We're doing it now. What good is it if I'm dead? <laughs> and I'm leaving you this legacy and piece of myself. Yeah. And uh, our we have pictures of our, our two sons uh, dancing at the... At the, at the wake, and it was really fun. We, there was one big band in the prom ballroom all that time, and when the when the marigold came up, there was one big band in the marigold ballroom, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Anoka before that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's very exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Ron. My pleasure. We're gonna wrap up with a final piece from the Big Stoop Orchestra. And this is almost the closest we can get to time travel. Listening to these pieces, you're almost transported back into time with 600 friends and neighbors listening to the music together at Anoka High School. And for this last piece, a familiar voice kicks us off. I'm Ward.
read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. Hello, I'm Diana Nurberg, an adult services librarian for Anoka County Library, and I'm here to tell you about some wonderful resources we have related to this episode. Let's get started. The first thing we have is, of course, a music CD. It's called United We Swing, Best of the Jazz at Lincoln Center Galas by Wynton Marsalis. The Wynton Marsalis Septet takes on a number of tunes with the likes of Bob Dylan, Lenny Kravitz, Ray Charles, all performed live. The main thrust of the project is to highlight the importance of jazz in American cultural heritage while also proving that music has the power to unite us. Next we have How to Dance by Rob Glover. Listening to big band music is one thing, but dancing to it is quite another. This DVD will show you how to dance to various styles of swing dance, including the Lindy Hop. Other dance styles covered include various Latin rhythms, ballroom dance, and country dance. Next, we have the best big band songs ever from Hal Leonard Publishing. This resource is a songbook containing sheet music for voice, piano, and guitar, focusing on big band music. There are over 60 songs included. Next, we have Mama Mabel's All Gal Big Band Jazz Extravaganza by Annie Sieg. This vibrantly illustrated children's picture book tells the story of a fictional all-women big band that comes to a town needing a little pick-me-up during the onset of World War II. The town of mostly women and children have been doing their part at home in the war effort, but find respite in the band's arrival. The women of the band are all fictional, but loosely based on real-life musicians of the time. This book would be a good introduction to the music style as well as the time period. Finally, the library offers Discover Kits. Now, Discover Kits are starter kits of materials you would need in order to engage with a new hobby. Kits which may be of particular interest to listeners of this episode might be the Learn to Play Drums Kit or the Learn to Play Piano Kit. You'll have all the makings of a big band in no time. We hope you enjoy these resources. Until next time, happy learning. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. Oh, that was so much fun. And, you know, for me, it was just one of those magical moments of hearing Tom Ward's voice again after he's been gone for a couple of years. It's nice to have those recorded moments. And you can recognize his voice, which is super special. The whole orchestra just sounded so great. And the recordings almost transport you back to that place. We shared four of the pieces in the episode today, but there were a total of eight pieces that Mark donated. And uh, so we'll have all of them available to listen to on our vault along with the full interview with Ron Chamberlain. He and I spoke for quite a long time and the Big Stoop Orchestra started their story here in Anoka County. They really continued their their playing in Minneapolis and St. Paul at the Marigold Ballroom and Prom Ballroom. And uh, so he shared more stories about that and some insider looks at the music scene in Minneapolis during that time. That would have been fascinating to hear as well. The last piece of the story that really caught my interest was 
the Oak Ridge Resort. See, you say Oak Ridge, I think Oak Ridge Boys. That's where my brain goes. So tell us more about the Oak Ridge Resort. I, I don't know a lot other than what's in the episode here, that it was a resort. People could get little cabins on Crooked Lake. They had a main building that people could have receptions and dances in and that it burned down. We have one photo of like a burned down sign. That's it. So this is the call. You know, if anybody has any memories of the place, photos hanging out in albums somewhere, more recordings of people playing there, walk through the door someday and make my day. Solve our history mystery. There are a few of those. (laughs) Addendum, the inside of the Carnegie Library. That also, man. Thank you guys so much for listening again. And uh, we have fun things planned for upcoming episodes as well. We always have fun things planned. You make it sound like it's an anomaly. (laughs) I'm always constantly surprised. (laughs) It's like a goldfish. Ooh, new water. (laughs) Oh, Anoka County history. (laughs) And now we're getting punchy. So uh, we'll see you guys later. (laughs) Bye, everyone. If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras, as well as the latest digital resources at History 21, the Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future.